welcome to National Treasure Hunt, the podcast where the secret lies not only with Charlotte, but also with your co-hosts. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And we're here in the National Treasure Hunt off-season with a very special bonus interview for you all. And y'all, this one is not going to disappoint. We say that every time. It's starting to sound cliche, but it's uh, it's true. I don't it's know what else true. to say. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a criticism of you. I was just like, it's just, it's a compliment to our interviewees. So true. I mean, they've all been so gracious and each interview, each conversation is is almost more fun than the last. I mean, we are going to introduce our special guest in just a moment, but I just have to say, Em, I don't think I have laughed during one of our interviews more than I did in this one. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. So if you didn't read the episode title, um, our guest today is the one and only Tommy Savas, who you know as Dr. Zeke in National Treasure Edge of History. But before we talk a little bit about how we got in contact with Tommy, Emily, I believe you have some business to attend to. I do. Uh, it is our customary social media shout out time. So uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast. You can find out basically everything else you would want to know about us at nthuntpodcast.com. As I like to say, basically everything about us, aside from our bathroom schedules. You can order our book, National Treasure Hunt, One Step Short of Crazy, at tuckerdspress.com. And if you would like to help support us, you can become a Patreon and visit us at patreon.com slash nthuntpodcast. Okay, with that out of the way... I just have to say, Tommy has been a delightful supporter of National Treasure Hunt from afar because he and us have been interacting on Instagram for a little while now. Um, most recently, and we're going to discuss this in the episode, we did one of our little National Treasure Labs where we were testing the whole Orange Die 47 thing and kind of called out his character, Dr. Zeke. And yes, he noticed, and it was very funny for everyone involved. Um, also, Tommy has his own New Jersey and Philadelphia connections, so we definitely bonded over that during this episode as well. Oh, it was lovely, lovely time to uh, be chatting with him. So um, you should, of course, go watch Tommy Savas as Dr. Zeke on Disney Plus in National Treasure Edge of History after finishing this episode. What are you going to learn today? Well, just a couple of things to whet your appetite. You're going to learn about Tommy's relationship with the National Treasure franchise and with history as a whole before being in the show. You are also going to hear a little bit about basically like all of the cool projects that Tommy has been involved in over the years. Like, when I tell you I was shocked, I <laughs> I wish, and I probably should admit that because I probably should know, but I'm not cultured enough to have seen some of these things. Oh my gosh, he's been involved <laughs> in so much cool stuff. It's so exciting. You are also going to get some secret insider intel here about how Dr. Zeke's role might have evolved in a second season of Edge of History. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, y'all. We have so much more to dish right here on National Treasure Hunt. So without further ado, please join us in welcoming Tommy Savas to the show. 
You know him as Edge of History's resident medical professional and eventually <laughs> as Agent Ross's arm candy. Tommy, welcome to National Treasure Hunt. Hello, happy to be here. Oh my gosh, we are so happy to have you. Um, there are so many questions that we have about you and about your character, but to get us started, could you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you came to be an actor? Sure. Um, you know, I, I was born in Harlem and I was soon after moved to the suburbs of Manhattan. Um, and I, since I was four, I always was an actor. I think there was like an acting teacher in school who kind of took me under her wing and I loved it. And um, my mom started taking me to auditions in the city when I was like four and five years old. Uh, she soon after learned that that was a miserable thing to do as a parent. Um, so <laughs> said to me, uh, essentially, I don't ever want to do this again. Uh, as soon as you're old enough to take the bus into the city yourself, you can do this. Um, so that dream never died in me. And then when I was 16 years old, um, there was an open casting call for the Sopranos. I think this was in like, this must have been 2000. So this is like in the heyday when The Sopranos was like the biggest thing on TV. Um, so I went to this open casting call with my best friend, Brendan, at the time. And it was at a school in New Jersey. And I kid you not when I say there was between six and 10,000 people had showed up for this open casting call. Like there was like, a seven hour line that went all through this little town in New Jersey to get into this audition. So I'm, we're sitting there and we're waiting and we're waiting for hours and hours and hours. And then we finally go inside the school and we go into this gym and all you do is you walk up, there's tables filled with casting directors and casting associates and you walk up and you hand them your, whatever headshot you have um, and your resume. And they look at you and they say, thank you. And then you walk out. So I was like, that was awesome. Um, but Maybe two weeks later, I get a phone call um, from Georgina Watkins' casting office. And uh, they say, hey, we want to have you come in and audition. And I came and auditioned. And uh, I booked the role of AJ Soprano's best friend for season three of The Sopranos. So and that was, I know. And that was kind of my first, that was my first real acting role, paid acting role that I did. And then ever since that moment, it's that's all I've done. And it's been nonstop. But that was my first, uh, yeah. That is absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> my mind is blown. Yeah. Also, that whole process sounds incredibly stressful. It was. But also, like, growing up in the suburbs of New York in the early 2000s, like, there could not have been a cooler show to be on than The Sopranos. And, like, being sure. in high school and being on that show. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. So when I actually booked the role, the way they did it was – so then I got a call back, and I went to Silver Cup Studios in Queens – and they were mixing and matching a bunch of kids to be AJ's friends. And they keep whittling it down. More kids keep leaving. Keep, kids keep staying. And then finally, it's like me and two other kids. And they tell us in the room, like, cool, you guys got the role. And downstairs, they're doing the table read for the season premiere of season three of The Sopranos. So you guys need to go downstairs. And we're like, okay. I don't know what a table read is at this point. I'm just excited to be there. Um, so they walk us down to this giant, I guess it was a soundstage room. And they open the door. And we're with a PA who's escorting us. And we look across the room and we see the actor who plays Polly Walnuts and he looks at us very angrily and motions for the PA to come over to him. So the PA runs over to him uh, and we see him like yelling at her and like moving his hands We're like what's happening. And then the PA walks over to us and goes, hey, I'm really sorry, but um, 
Paulie doesn't like the way you guys look, so you have to leave. Um, so we all kind of were like, uh, okay, we're these 16 year old kids. We're like, all right. And we turn to leave. And then he jumps out of his chair and goes, just messing with you. Welcome to the family. And the whole cast of The Sopranos stands up and starts laughing at us. Uh, so that was my introduction to not only acting, but The Sopranos, which was pretty awesome. Wait, that's so terrifying. <laughs> I know. But also so awesome. Like, what an amazing moment to have, especially for that show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> okay. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna skew national treasure here. Um, okay. Hopefully they they didn't jump out there. But <laughs> prior to joining the cast for Edge of History, what was your relationship with the National Treasure films in general? So I mean, I I was always obsessed with the franchise. Funny enough, I, I had no idea they were making a TV show, and three to four days before I got the audition for Doctor Zeke, I just had rewatched both movies. Just because, just because like, ah, oh, I miss those movies. And I watched both of them. And then when I got the audition, I was like, this is kismet. I mean, like, why did I just watch those movies? Um, but I've always, I mean, those, it's like those movies, especially the first one for me, is that kind of movie that I can watch every day and not get sick of it. I fall to sleep to it sometimes. It's just like a warm blanket that is just always there for me and never lets down. So, I, I mean, love the franchise. Okay, well, allow us to say you have excellent taste in movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that is so, so wild. Um, but we, you know, it's cool to hear you say that you have that kind of very rewatchable relationship with the films because that's what all the fans seem to say as well. I can't tell you how many people we've talked to at this point, whether on air or, you know, just in conversations or at events that we do. And that's the number one thing that people say. It's just like, so rewatchable we love it we will we've probably seen it 70 times and we'll watch it 70 more you know totally. one of those things yeah. <laughs> yeah i couldn't agree more that's awesome okay well you have something in common with our listeners then which i'm <laughs> sure they will love to know um so when it did come time to kind of transition into the role of dr zeke um He's a character that we definitely get to know more as the season progresses. He becomes more important as the episodes kind of continue and he becomes a partner to to Agent Ross. Um, I'm wondering if you were given any backstory for this particular role, um, especially if there's anything that you know about the character or that you created in your own mind for the character that our audience or our listeners don't necessarily know, but they might be interested in knowing. Sure. You know, when I first read the <clears throat> audition sides, the, the scripts for the audition, my initial feeling of this character was like, oh, this is kind of going to be the Riley Poole for this season. The way they wrote him was very much the same cadence and kind of attitude as Riley. Um, but then when I got other episodes, you know, they gave me a kernel, essentially, that was on the page. And that kernel was um, when Dr. Zeke is talking to Ross and she's confiding in him. And then he admits that, yeah, you know, he lost a patient on the operating table and that's kind of why he is where he's at in his life. So, um, so that, that reading that really changed the character for me to know kind of what Dr. Zeke's core wound was and his driving force for being in the position he was in. So I really, you know, took that, that bit that the writers gave me and expanded on that of, you know, why, and how he wound up being in the position he's in and, and why he was in that position. Like, why is Dr. Zeke um, 
a coroner, you know, and, and where did he come from? And in my mind, you know, he was somebody that made a decision that was in his mind for the best, um, that turned out to be the wrong decision. Um, and he was a, a good hearted person with the best intentions always. And he lost the things that were important to his life. You know, I think he lost his wife, he lost his job, he lost his credibility. And he ended up in, you know, I think one of the lines in the show is like bottom of the barrel Baton Rouge. Um, not to talk smack about Baton Rouge because I love that city. Uh, I didn't write that line, but, you know, you know, that's why he won. That was kind of, I felt like the only job he could get or the farthest away from where he started um, was Baton Rouge. And he still had that urge to help people and everything he did was motivated by the idea of helping people and redeeming himself. Um, so yeah, that little kernel is what I had to kind of build Dr. Zeke off of. And we're going to get some more redemption in a second, but I, I am curious, how much of the script did you get to see in advance? Are you talking like episode by episode basis or were you given it in chunks? Did you know the big twist or did it surprise you? Like, You want yeah. to talk about the twist? Um, <laughs> so no, we were given them episode uh episode by episode sometimes we'd get two episodes but it was either one or two we were never given you know because they were constantly writing as we were going but the twist is funny um i remember maybe it was the first or second episode so there was kind of like because of how we filmed it there were these camps like there was me and Lyndon and armando and dustin because we were in a lot of scenes together then obviously there was the kids who were all together um and then there was like Catherine and their whole crew together so we all kind of got, we all were close as a whole cast, but we even had more so because we were in these pockets working together all the time. And I remember Armando came up to me and Lyndon one day, we were filming a scene in the FBI office and he was kind of sullen. Uh, and we're like, what's up? And he was like, I think I know what's going to happen with my character. Um, and we we're like, what do you mean? And he's like, ah, I don't know. And he just, he wouldn't say anything. And me and Lyndon were just like, it was, he was insinuating that maybe he was going to get killed off. But we didn't know, like he didn't even know, because I think like a director said something to him, like, you have an interesting storyline. And he was like, what? I do? I have no, I, maybe you've talked to him more. I don't know. Maybe, my point is, I don't know if he was just messing with us and he did know where the character was going and he was trying to build this weird thing of us having sympathy for him or if he knew what was going to happen. But we didn't know, at least I didn't know until I read that final episode, uh, what was going to happen with this character. I all season thought like, is he going to get killed off? Like what's going to happen to his character? But um, no, I was as surprised as I think everybody to find out that that's who he became. Okay. I love that. I'm sorry. I wow. jumped the gun with that question. I just like really <laughs> needed to know. It's my favorite question and I get so excited about it. And um, no, he, that whole twist was incredible. And yeah, it was really interesting to hear Armando himself try to wrap his head around the evolution of his character from movies to to show when did armando say that he found out that he was salazar from the beginning yeah that, I wonder, that's how they got him on i'm gonna text him to do the same so he was fully just messing with us the entire time and knew that he was Salazar. that guy yeah, yeah love him love him, love him. <laughs> he said he said exactly what emily just said like he didn't want to just be an easter egg like he wanted to be there for a reason. And so that fact, like that he would be so integral, I think was a, a pretty big driver of why he even signed on to begin with, which like makes sense. <laughs> but also is so Salazar of him to do that to me and Lyndon. Yep. Classic. 
Classic. So rude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. So you you kind of mentioned this a, a little bit with uh the the whole somebody dying on the operating table, right? For for Dr. Zeke. So, you know, we as an audience learned halfway through the season that to, similarly to Adrian Hendricks and Agent Ross, Dr. Zeke is really seeking, you know, redemption in his career. So do, I guess, do you have any information or did you come up with any information about how this accident, you know, of losing this patient on the operating table occurred? And how do you think, like, Dr. Zeke's past motivates his actions, you know, in the show? Sure. Yeah. Um, no, I wasn't given the information outside of that line, um, really. Um, but for me, you know, how I use that to motivate Dr. Zeke through the show was that was it was a mistake that he made with the best intentions that turned out to be the wrong decision to make. Um, and I think that motivated everything he did. I think that motivates, you know, because you go, like, why is he so eager to help Agent Ross? Um and I think it's because he saw himself in her and he saw somebody who was trying to redeem herself. One, two, she's super cute. And, you know, we're in Baton Rouge. So, you know, that was an easy equation. Um, but I think it was both those things. I think it, it's, you know, he was trying to redeem himself and prove that he was the person that he knew he was. So when he was given the opportunity to be part of something bigger and actually do something good, he jumped at it. In a weird way, I feel like that's an unsung characteristic of so many characters within this franchise as a whole, right? It's like redemption for themselves, redemption for their families, yeah. being part of a bigger whole. In some ways, that actually makes him, I'm just thinking, like fairly similar to Ben Gates even, right? I'll uh, take it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do take that as, as a very highly regarded compliment as we do love Ben Gates here on, on National Treasure Hunt. Um, but no, that exactly what you said is so interesting to me because, you know, we noticed immediately most of Agent Ross's requests for doctors, Dr. Zeke seem like they are unauthorized, which means yeah. there's some inherent risk here for both parties, but certainly for Dr. Zeke. Um, you know, it seems like he could be in a position where one more strike and he's out. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, he just, he saw something in Dr. Zeke, the, uh, in, Dr. Zeke in, in Agent Ross that resonated with him. And he just, he knew that she was a kindred spirit and he, she was worth helping. I love that. Okay. So you, you mentioned that you were on, you know, you, you did the Sopranos, right? Um, so I'm Humble assuming brag. this question. <laughs> so I'm assuming this question is not relevant to that particular experience, but did you in your past ever have previous experience playing the role of uh, like a medical professional? And I guess what kind of preparation for yeah. like this kind of highly specialized role did did you have to like do? Yeah, so I did. I have to think. I don't say this as another humble brag, as another humble brag, but I've been in a couple TV shows. Okay. <laughs> so um, I did play a doctor on House. Um, and I remember for that role, and I did the same for this role. So it's an easy answer to this question. So my, my brother has an ex-girlfriend who's a surgeon in New York. 
Um, and whenever I'm reading these highly technical medical things, I like to have full understanding of what I'm doing. So I'm not just saying words, but I actually understand what I'm trying to communicate. Um, so every time I sit down with her for hours and I will go through like, what is this procedure? How do you do it? Understand every aspect of it. Just that way, I'm, when I'm talking, it's not just, again, just words. It's, I'm actually communicating something that has a meaning behind it. Um, but that's with all the technical things. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. But yeah, I try to do as much homework as possible to come from some place of understanding. Although you guys called me out on red dye number, orange dye number 47, which I <laughs> obviously didn't do my homework on that one. Um, but, you know... Guys, I'm just an actor, okay? No. <laughs> you couldn't have changed that. Exactly. There I was couldn't have. No way. I mean, the 47 was already gonna, like, it, there was no change yeah. in it. Yeah. No, absolutely yeah. not. That's so funny. <laughs> when you, when you messaged us that, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I That's a uh, part of our, our fun. We do National Treasure Lab. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but Emily and I are both scientists by training. So we really like examining um, some of the scientific assertions made in the show and, and the movies. Um, did you, I, I guess, do you, growing up, did you have an interest in science? Did you ever want to be a medical professional yourself? No. Zero interest. No, I mean, I love science, but to be a doctor, no, that was never my thing. I wanted, no, no, I didn't. That's totally fair. But out of curiosity, <laughs> since you liked National Treasure, were you into history? Huge history buff. Like, cool. beyond, still am, beyond belief. Like, my fiance gets extremely bored every night when I'll talk to her about some interesting tidbit about history. Um, I, I'm obsessed, especially American history. I love it. Oh, that's so cool. Well, I mean, did you... Mm. We can go off on a whole thing on this. We won't. But did you know that a lot of the history presented in like the movies is very much based in reality? Of course. Okay. I mean, that, I mean without a doubt, I mean, I, I, a sidebar. Um, one day I was on set and I go up to the Wibs and we're talking about season two. Um, and they're talking about how they're, you know, trying to figure out what the treasure hunt's going to be for season two. Um, and I was like, um, I have an idea. Um, and I whip out this historical story about the governor of massachusetts and this crazy treasure hunt that i loved and they were like interesting um anyway point being yes i'm very well aware of that and i uh yeah I, uh, yes that's one of the reasons why i love the movie so oh much. my gosh okay that's really cool because i mean i don't know if you know this most people think that the movies and the show are based on absolute nonsense and so it's like one of oh, yeah. our personal goals and passions to like explain why that's not the case but I love yeah. that so now I mean you had a whole idea in mind for a treasure hunt for a second season they need to hire you onto the I writing mean, I, team I you know they maybe just were being nice and being like cool idea but they're lovely people <laughs> but I just you know just to your point of yes being aware that it's based in reality and yeah Okay, I I love that. You are you were perfect for this role, not just because you're a great actor and like can prepare for the the role that you had, but because you have this this passion or um, you know, Ben Gates would call you one step short of crazy as it as it were. <laughs> um okay. So uh, we want to hear a little bit about your experience on set and, you know, in Baton Rouge, whether it was while you were filming or sort of in the off hours. Tell us what the behind the scenes was like. So when I first got to Baton Rouge to film the first episode, somehow I dodged COVID, all of COVID. 
and then I get to Baton Rouge and I get COVID. So my first experience with Baton Rouge was being trapped in a hotel room for 10 days, um, <laughs> overlooking the beautiful Mississippi River. Um, but still, <laughs> but I say that to say, as soon as I booked the role, um, Lyndon immediately got my phone number and texted me. Um, and she was like, so nice to meet you. Let's go out to dinner. I can't wait to hang out, which is a very rare thing to do. Um, I've been on plenty of TV shows when you come in and you feel like an outsider, especially when the cast has already been there and been working for a bit. And she was so beyond welcoming and we were fast friends and me, her and Armando would go out to dinner almost every night together. Uh, and then Dustin came into the mix who I love Dustin too. Um, so we would, and then we'd have a lot of days in Baton Rouge when there wouldn't be much to do. So we'd go do stuff. I think we went to the, um, What's the name of the the battleship that's right there that's in the show too? Um, oh, the kid, USS Kid. USS Kid. Yes, we went. To, I think we went there three times. Um, no way. Just to, to the museum. We were like, let's go to the museum again. Um, so we would go to museums together. We would eat together all the time because um, our schedules were always opposite. Because we were like these isolated groups filming. That whenever we were filming, the kids weren't. Whenever the kids were filming, we were. So we never didn't get a lot of time to hang out. And then finally the weekends we would, and then we'd all go out together as a big group. So it was like a family. I mean, it was, it was such a lovely experience. And then like my biggest national treasure nerd, butt fan moment was um, when I came onto the set for the first time and I went into the, the treasure room. Um, oh. And I actually took photos and I wasn't supposed to, but what are they going to do? Fire me now? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I remember walking up to the back shelf where they had the Ben Franklin glasses and they had the pipe and they had, was there a third thing there? I could look at the video, but like all those relics from the movies. And I, oh, they had totally, the Olmec plank, the plank. That's right. The plank, oh. the glasses and the, and the, um, and it, like big signs like do not touch. I touched all of them. I picked them all up. Of I put you on did. the glasses. You have to. Yeah. You have to. I mean, like you would, like, I don't yeah. care. Um, that was the coolest moment because that the, the set dressing for that room was so awesome. Like you really felt like you were in this hidden treasure office room. Yeah. Um, and I remember I took some photos and I uh, secretly uh, sent them to my fiance and was like, do not show these to anybody. But <laughs> oh, my God, this is incredible. Um, but anyway, it was, it was a great experience. I loved every moment of it. Baton Rouge was really hot. Uh, uh -huh. That was uncomfortable. And I believe when, twice we got shut down because of tornadoes. Um, in Baton Rouge, they have tornadoes. Yeah, y we heard yes. it's the shutdowns because of the weather. I don't think we heard that it was specifically tornadoes. <laughs> was, now, so we would be filming. There'd be like tornado warning. Everybody, get back to the hotel as fast as possible. So we'd like pack in the vans, rush back to the hotels, have to sit in the hotels. And then there was like you know it was hurricane season we were shooting, so it was like constantly insane oh. weather getting shut down. Um, anyway, yeah. So that was my experience in Baton Rouge. Okay, I have. I feel like I have so many follow-up questions. First of yeah. all, did you take a selfie of you wearing the Ben Franklin glasses? I didn't. I did. I got. So, I was so nervous. I was like, "That's full incrimination." So, <laughs> that would like, have been me. Yeah. I. You know, what I mean, I could be like, you know what? One of the kids, Zuri, sent me these photos of this stuff. But if it was me with the glasses, there was oh no my denying gosh. it. <laughs> Okay, that's get, it. Gets like really, it gets really stressful. So, I mean, I did nothing close to this, but uh -huh. Aubrey can attest to the fact that when we uh, know exactly we, what you're gonna say right now, <laughs> we went to visit Trinity Church. Um, uh -huh. and so at the intersection, 
right where Trinity Church is on that that post with the street signs, I decided that I was going to go a little rogue and like put one of our podcast stickers on the pole. And it took me a solid five minutes to (laughs) get up the courage to do it and then do it. And I was constantly looking around and that wasn't even touching like a, like a prop that was like, that was just a pole. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I get it. Listen, I get it. They also have you sign like huge NDAs being like, you're not going to post photos. You're not like, you are on lockdown. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's fine. We would have gotten ourselves kicked out of that room so fast. So <laughs> no, honestly, we would have judged you if you didn't do that. So I appreciate um, it. Thank you. Did you, did you know any of your castmates before or was like when Lyndon reached out, was that like step one of me? That was step one. I, I didn't, you know, it's funny enough. Usually, you know, somebody on set, um, but oh, I mean, this is weird. I'll tell you this. Uh, castmates, no. But of course, we all knew people who knew people as soon as we got together. Like, oh, you're friends with my friends. And we knew people who knew people. Um, Armando was somebody that I had watched his career forever and has been in a lot of my favorite movies and was like total fanboying out when I met him. Um, I kept my cool, though. And I was like, you guys know what movies he's been in? Like, does everybody know who this guy? You know? Okay. Um, but... Um, no, what was really weird, this is so random. I go into the makeup trailer and um, my family is from an island called Cyprus. Um, and it's a very small island off the coast of Turkey in the Middle East. And I've never met anybody who's related to me in my entire, besides, unless I know them personally, unless I'm like, this is my cousin, but outside of my close family circle, never met anybody who's related to me. And I walk into the makeup trailer and the head makeup artist is like, your last name is Savas? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's my ex-husband's last name. And I was like, what? And then her daughter walks in and then we figure out that we are related from like, I don't even know how far back from the island. So then it turns out I have these long lost cousins who are working on this show with me. Anyway, it felt very National Treasury. Um, it was so random. And at my entire life, I'm almost 40. I've never met anybody outside of my close family that I've been related to or has my name. So it was like, very nuts to me that that's is the insane wildest thing i've ever heard and that's the other that, exactly very national treasure because family is like theme number one if there's a, a theme besides treasure it's family so that's that's right wow wow yeah <laughs> okay so you 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 mentioned the the wibs um uh, briefly right and kind of said that you thought they were just being nice to you which they probably weren't they probably actually thought that your ideas were great but um what was it like kind of having the opportunity to work with them so for reference we we've talked to them on the podcast a lot we um you know the first time we met them in person was at the the red carpet for the edge of history premiere and they hugged us immediately Uh, so like we know they are lovely people so we like to hear what it was like for all of you to work with them yeah, beyond lovely. I mean, you know, so often as an as an actor in this business, you you don't get a lot of feedback from people um, on your job necessarily. I don't know if that sounds weird, but the, the Wibberleys would go out of their way to make sure that you knew that you were doing a good job um, and how proud of you they were. Um, 
and what they loved about what you're doing with the character. And they were so accessible. Like I could text them at any moment, any hour of the night and be like, hey, just got this script, question, blah, blah, blah. And they would always answer the questions. Um, sweetest people. And I remember one night we were, uh, I was flying back to LA from Baton Rouge. We had finished filming an episode um, and the Wibs were on my flight with me. And they turned to me and they go, hey, have you seen uh, any of your scenes yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. But like, I don't expect to, cause you know, and they're like, hold on a second. And they pull up, I say they, because they are literally a they, like, you know what I mean? They're a full, just one unit that is the Wibs. Um, and they give me their laptop and they're like, just here, watch all the episodes on the flight. So I sat there on the flight and then I, like, I would turn to them and be like, and they'd be like, and I'd be like, cool. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the sweetest people, like the most approachable, they, again, so acknowledging would let you know when you're doing a good job. So accessible. Um, still like we chat all the time, the loveliest showrunners, uh, I've worked with. That's for sure. That's so nice to hear. It's always nice when the impression matches, you know, the experience, um, because I don't think we've met a single person who who was like they aren't just like the greatest people. Yeah. Never. If you, if, if you do, they're lying, and that person's a crazy person, and just send them totally. To the yeah. You were just mentioning you know scenes that you were in. One thing that I'm always curious about, especially when it comes to TV shows, where I imagine um, there's the potential for things to get cut pretty easily to be able to fit in allotted times as times change, you know, for a given episode length, etc. Did did you recall filming any scenes that didn't make the final edit of the show? No. Um no, all our scenes made it. Um what was really fun was our scenes, they gave us more and more scenes as this, as the season went on. Like mm. from from what I was told, you know, mine and Lyndon's uh storyline together wasn't supposed to be as big as it turned out to be um so it was kind of the opposite we would get a script and then we'd get the new draft and there'd be like two more scenes for us we'd be like this is awesome um but no nothing ever got cut out that we shot do you do you know why the the scenes kind of evolved in that way yeah from what we were told um yeah it was that the network really liked uh the zeke raw storyline and wanted to see kind of where that went just because again it, it added a dichotomy to you had the kids on their journey um and it was just it added you know an element that wasn't there in the other two storylines necessarily so they wanted to kind of explore that more with us That's i mean really i awesome. i really liked it i i am <laughs> a sucker for a love story and so i was fully fully invested like before it was even official that it was a thing i was like Aubrey, I, I think this is, I think this is, <laughs> and she was like, calm down, like, it probably, like, you probably, it, that's not what the show is about, like, give, give it some time, and then it happened, and I was just, like, mm -hmm. so happy. Yeah. Still am, clearly. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, there are now a number of, like, relationship storylines throughout this franchise, and, um, not even just because we're talking to you, I did find, as someone who's not, like, a big love story person, I found this one to be very, like, I could appreciate it um, very much. I loved the dynamic between your two characters. And that kind of leads me to my next question, which is, of course, you know, unfortunately, Edge of History wasn't renewed for a second season, which was super disappointing to, I think, 
all of us in in the fan community I'm, I'm sure also for all of you um but i guess i was wondering if there had been a renewal was there a storyline that you were looking forward to exploring with dr zeke whether that be kind of with agent ross or in a treasure hunt maybe being even more engaged in the treasure hunt himself what what did you think where did this where could this have gone <laughs> yeah so there was rumors and you know little eggs dropped by the webs of like where they saw us all going in season two um i'll just speak on my storyline because the other ones that's for them to talk about um but with me and ross from what we understood was yeah we were going to become a bigger part of the treasure hunt in season two um and we were actually going to be on the adventure with the kids searching for the treasure um so that was something i was really looking forward to obviously because that's when you become part of this franchise it's all you want to do is find the treasure um so that was the thing i was most excited about and then yeah it was me and ross were gonna continue our relationship um and yeah become more part of the team was that was the plan from what i was told i mean i feel like they they proved that they needed you both to to be part of the team by the end because like as you know as as good as the the kids were with what they were doing uh, I feel like they needed a bit of the, the presence of like a law enforcement professional to kind of get around. And then you you literally, you know, saved lives. Um, <laughs> they had to call you for that. So, I mean, having you with them makes a lot of sense. Yeah, who doesn't like, need a doctor on their team? treasure hunting team have a doctor with them? <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Okay, well, that means that there would be a natural place for you in a National Treasure 3 film. Right? Like with the treasure. Okay. 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 You no. Know, we'll what would say. be your pitch? What would be your pitch for a Dr. Zeke cameo in National Treasure 3? Again, same thing. Ben Gates gets shot by a, you know, historic bullet from the Civil War. It is coated with a specific kind of um, biochemical that was created by the villain. The only person who can help him is the coroner from Baton Rouge, Dr. Zeke Hudson. I'm dead. I oh love it. Oh my gosh. Have you told anybody this? I haven't. Guys, we just came up with it here. Okay. We you, all get we all get co-writer credits. You need to tell either you need to tell the Wibberleys or we need to tell them on your behalf. <laughs> and, or honestly, like just tell John Turtletop. Um uh -huh. because like that should a hundred percent like that literally just imagining that happening is not just because I like you as a person and your character, but the intricacy of that, how it relates mm. to history and like the bio weapon. So it's There's getting science. more. The, yeah, the science. Oh my gosh. It's boop, just boop, like boop. That, that would pull me in so hard. <laughs> I love it. Well, speaking of John Turtletob, um, I know he was a, a producer on the show and he's of course the director of the films um did you get to engage with him at all by any chance especially since I, you're a national treasure movie fan i didn't i didn't i got to meet him at the premiere of the show um that was my engagement really brief moment uh in passing both of us but no i didn't i was really hoping there was rumors when we were filming that he was going to come back and direct another episode but i think because of scheduling he wasn't able to come back and direct one um and i was really looking forward to that but yeah not much interaction with him Okay. Sadly. Okay. Well, even more reason that you need to be a National Treasure 3. Or, I mean, I don't know. 
maybe Disney will one day decide they need a second season of Edge of History. I, I mean, mean, we did just get nominated for a bunch of Emmys and, you know, Spirit Awards. So if that counts for anything, Disney. Yeah. You, you know? Think. You would I think. mean, Marvel, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, Marvel's going going down pretty quickly. Um <laughs> Into, I mean, I liked the new movie, sorry, <laughs> and their television shows are just like, I feel like, you know, the, the one really good one just ended, and it's all, like, that's going down. Star Wars is getting a little questionable as to, like, how, so I feel like some of the big IPs that they've really put a lot of effort into, especially on the streaming front, yeah. are like, you know, so maybe this is their sign. Maybe. Okay, before we start wrapping up, I have one more unscripted question that now yeah. that now that we know of your your fandom of the National Treasure films, um, Tommy, what do you think is on page forty seven of the President's Secret Book? Do you know how many times I asked that question of the Wibs? By the way, did you? They got <laughs> they got so annoyed with they didn't get annoyed, but they were so over me asking that question. Um, oh gosh, what's on page 47? I want to know so bad. And we were told that maybe we were going to find out in season two, which maybe this was just them saying that just to get us all more excited than we weren't going to, because I don't think we'll ever find out. But um, what's on page 47? Um, oh gosh. Oh, there could be so many great, amazing things. What's on page 47? I think what's on page 47 is the fact that the founding fathers were all extraterrestrials. Ooh. Okay, you are quick on your feet. That was good. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. That is a good one. You know, okay, we actually have um, a, a t-shirt that says, ask me what's on page 47, and you might be getting a message from me after this asking for your address so we can send you one. That I will wear it proudly. <laughs> you just, okay, let me warn you. If you wear it, people will ask you, so you need to have an answer prepared. Yeah, I don't I don't own that shirt. Um, yeah, yeah, we have doesn't... a lot of shirts because I just I'm not that quick on my feet with like history. And uh -huh. I also just don't retain information super well. So even though Aubrey has told me her thoughts on what's on page forty seven, I forget them. So mm -hmm. I can't tell can't them. But I did them. make the mistake of putting a sticker on my car or a magnet on my car with that and i have had people pull over because i'm in philly people mm -hmm. will just like pull over next to you in a lane that's not a lane and roll their window down to talk to you and mm -hmm. they've asked me <laughs> what is on page, page 47 and i'm like i don't <laughs> aliens like i give them some random answer that's like i don't know but Oh you you, well, you seem more prepared for the challenge, so. Well, what what do you guys think is on page forty seven? Like, what I mean, is? I your... just told you I don't. Well, know. I get what, you, what is <laughs> what is your answer to what's on page forty seven? I'm so, so my, curious. My thing is, I really like to give a different answer every time someone asks me. Um, but so what we actually did for our book. So we wrote a book about national treasure it published earlier this year. Um, our last chapter is all about like what the future of the film franchise could be. And so we went through a bunch of kind of big moments in American history and looked at their dates and compared it to Ben Gates actually flipped backwards from the president Coolidge entries Um mm -hmm to kind of date when this could be. And then when we spoke with John Turtletaw, we kind of asked him what era he was thinking. So for your reference, um, he was thinking like 
1600s to 1800s range. Um, so there are a, a number of things. My, my favorite theory that I have <laughs> is about Alaska and that, you know how they say the purchase of Alaska is called Seward's Folly because like it was, we spent a bunch of money for like a piece of ice. Yes. Um, what no I would like to No offense to any listeners from Alaska. <laughs> Truly. But mm -hmm. I always thought it would be very National Treasure-esque to basically be like Seward's Folly was a cover-up. Like it was actually done intentionally because there's something there. Yeah. And John Turtletop did did tell us after he tricked us into thinking <laughs> that he was gonna give us like a a good not not a good answer, but like a Spoiler. a substantial yeah. answer to what was on page forty seven because he like he knows. Um he did tell us that it was something that was going to be life changing. In a bad way. In a bad, like, no, he didn't actually say in a bad way. He said, it'll be life-changing, possibly not in a good way. Yeah. Or maybe in a good way. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, but life, like, that would Guys, totally change things. It's got to be aliens. It's got to be. be aliens. Like, what else could it be? Yeah. It's got to be aliens. Oh, aliens. True. True. <laughs> I mean, and how timely right now, right? I mean, that was, like, all the rage in recent months, so okay well did you miss something did you miss the not i mean I, I talked about this the other day too i was like what yes no they all the foot like yes the the hearings the senate hearings and then the footage and then like but like nobody cares it's like okay yeah there's aliens like all right like i don't understand like, nobody cares that was the yeah, wildest okay. part we know, yeah. but you care which is what's important and yes. dr zeke would care and care. so, I mean, maybe that, maybe the the bullet, you know, it it comes from a historical thing, but the the bioweapon on it is like alien technology. It's an, it's an alien bioweapon that was under the the permafrost in Alaska yep. that now gets thawed out, and then look that's at what that, it we is. put it together, we did it. Page forty seven. <laughs> oh my god, how delightful! Okay. Tommy, the way we like to wrap up all of our episodes, we start with a speed round, and then we have one kind of wrap-up question. So I have the pleasure of delivering to you our speed round today. Um, this is kind of just a bunch of, like, first thought, what pops into your head type of questions. You can elaborate as much or as little as you like, and everyone's like, oh, I'm going too slow. I'm killing the speed round. Literally, no one does it fast. If you're capable of doing it fast, cool. If not, that's also fine. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. If you could play the role of any other character in the entire Riley national oh, Yes. First of all, Riley amazing Poole. timing. Second of all, yes. The only character answer. that I would ever want to play. Yes. Riley Poole. Like okay. that performance Same. goes down in history. His he's incredible. Riley Poole. <laughs> okay. hundred percent. Okay. Yes. <laughs> favorite quote or scene from the show. Uh, favorite scene when the kids first see the treasure room for the first time. Amazing. Aww. That's really sweet. Uh, favorite set from the show? Treasure Room. Yeah, very fair. Um, Tommy, how many lemons is the appropriate number of lemons to keep in your refrigerator? Eleven. I, I will be Can you elaborate on, on that? <laughs> eleven. You elaborate on eleven? Well, you know, it's from, I mean, 
Okay, to be honest, I, I tried to go count how many last night when I saw that this might be a question, and I, I, I counted 11. I could be wrong. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Is it 11? I, oh, you mean in the show? In the movie? Yeah. In the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Aubrey, no, he didn't mean is there 11 I, in his brain. No, that's what I thought he meant. <laughs> I was going to be like, wow, you really like I had a feeling that, you know, this was going to be a question. Uh, yes, 11. <laughs> yes, okay, okay. Well, well done. You're well very done, dedicated. Yeah. Um, what is one word that you would use to describe Agent Sadusky? Legend. Legend. Mm. Okay. As um, an, yes. No, go ahead. No, 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 no you go ahead. Go ahead. No, what, I was going to ask you the next question. Go ahead. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Flamin' Hot Cheetos, Tic Tacs, or Airheads? Uh, I don't like Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Uh, Tic Tacs or Airheads? Yeah, that's the right answer. I feel like that's yeah. that's, that's no. like the, an objective the one. Tic Tacs are gross. They are. They really are. They also yeah. don't taste orange. They like. Weird, I don't even understand what they are. They taste like cleaning supplies. Yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be a mint. How is orange going to freshen your breath? You get it. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Uh, that was also the first time we've used that speed round question, and I kind of love it. Um, okay. National Treasure or the second film, Book of Secrets? National Treasure. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> He's like, that was <laughs> that, also <that's>, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's typically the one the one most people get. Yeah. Um, can I ask you one more quick question before Emily does her final one? Especially Absolutely. since you are a big Riley fan, did you interact with Justin Bartha? I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. We were two ships passing in the night. When he would come to film, I would go back to, and we were like, it was. I know. I also, I am a firm believer in the statement of you don't meet your heroes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because he is not just he is Riley Pool, and I don't want to meet Justin. No interest. I just, I want mm-hmm. just Riley Poole in my life. So yeah. I'm, I'm fine with never meeting him, to be honest. Okay. I like That's, that perspective. It, I do too. It also makes me wonder, like, if we one day, God willing, get to interview Nicolas Cage at some point, if that will, like, if it will make me sad, ultimately, that he has not been Gates, you know? But, <laughs> That's the thing. We'll, we'll just have to prepare you in <laughs> advance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so... The, the last question that we like to ask, which I always get to ask, and I always say this, but it's true. It, it is honestly an honor to be able to kind of ask this question at the end is um, you're obviously really important in, I mean, to us, but also to the national treasure community, like as a whole. What is one message you have for national treasure fans listening to this conversation we're having today? You know, keep the hunt alive, guys. Um, no, I, from everything that I, that I heard working on this franchise, I think it's a, there's more to come. And I just think it's a matter of time until it comes, but I I don't think that this franchise is dead. And I think that God willing, it will be around for quite some time. Mm. Mm. I love that. We'll have to start the, uh, the hashtag. (laughs) keep the hunt alive <laughs> we'll start adding it to all of our posts I love there we that. go i got chills okay <laughs> tommy this has been truly a delight yes. i haven't laughed this much in 
days. So thank you for that. Um, My pleasure. You guys uh, are awesome. So are you. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We'll be in touch. Of course. Okay. So I, I feel the need to inform all of our listeners that we did make good on our promise and immediately after finishing this recording, we proceeded to send Tommy one of our Ask Me What's on Page 47 shirts, and we do expect him to report back what sorts of answers he gives to people when they ask. I cannot wait to hear because it did not sound like he had a ton of uh, ideas off the top of his head, so hopefully he has some time to think about it. I don't know. I mean, okay, maybe not to that direct question, but he was really good at improving. like, what should Dr. Zeke do in National Treasure 3? You know, I actually really enjoyed him giving us that pitch during the interview because we didn't give him that question in advance. So his answer was completely off the cuff. So like, color me very impressed. Yeah, uh, it was super cool. I have to say the thing that I just loved about talking to him was his genuine love for the National Treasure franchise. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I say this every time, but the fact that he loves National Treasure as much as he does, and he got to be part of it, and he also loves history is, like, amazing. He cares so clearly about the show and the movies and has so many good ideas. It's it's honestly amazing. Oh, my gosh. And just the fact that he was fanboying over Sadusky's clue room and like taking pictures, even though he wasn't allowed to, I mean, peak fandom right there. It's a truly an honor to have had him on the show. So Tommy, thank you again so much for joining us uh, for this interview. Yes. And if you have not yet, please go ahead and check him out on National Treasure Hunt Edge of History, which is streaming now on Disney+. Plus. You can also find us on social media at on Twitter and Instagram at NT Hunt Podcast. And don't forget to order our book and join our Patreon. That's it for today, guys. But if I do say so myself, this was some high-quality off-season content. We do have Season 8. That is right. Season 8 of National Treasure Hunt coming your way Goodness, already in just a few weeks' time, did Emily and I actually already start recording it? We might have, but you have that to look forward to, and we hope you're excited. But until then, I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And thank you so much for joining us on our National Treasure Hunt. (laughs)